The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Hi, everyone. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, I'm continuing my series of interviews with thought leaders in conversion with Mona Patel. She's the CEO and founder of Motivate Design in New York City, and uh, I'm very glad to have her on the show. Welcome, Mona. Thank you, Tim. Very glad to be here. So uh, tell us a little bit. I know you have a couple of companies. You have UX <laughs> Hires, which, which is for hiring of, of UX professionals, but the one I want to focus on today is Motivate Design. Tell us a little bit more about uh, you know, the background of the company and how it came together and what you guys do. Sure. Um, so we started in 2009, and it started with just me, of course, uh, in my home, working off my laptop. And what I wanted to do is really focus on um, understanding user behavior. I had done a lot of usability testing and user experience design work, but I wanted to step back and, and understand a little bit more about customer journeys and kind of the flow offline and online. Uh, so that's where the company started, and slowly, over the last two years, for me, slowly, I should say, uh, it's grown to about five so far, and we focus on user experience research and design in that broad context. Okay, so let's let's talk specifically about uh, uh, the kind of services you offer, or, and let's see if we can focus a little bit on online. I suspect you do more than your share of, of online projects. So when you're talking about a website or a web experience and someone comes to you, uh, what kinds of things can you help them with specifically? What are your offerings? Okay, so um, I'll start with the basic. Uh, you know, uh, companies will come to us because they have a website that's not performing the way they want it to perform. And so we'll do either a combination of expert reviews, uh, usability research, and or workshops to help them figure out what's going wrong. Um, we'll do the design component as well uh, in terms of wireframes, in terms of visual design, and then we'll do the validation research. Uh, that's primarily for online. Okay, now not everyone that's listening to this is a is a user experience expert, so can break that down and parse yeah. it even more. So when you say so, how do you find problems with an existing website? What kind of tools or approaches are you using? So a lot of the times, the the clients actually know uh, a good part of why their sites aren't are performing well. They've been looking at web analytics. They're not hitting the conversion rates that they want. And so when they come to us, it's more, how do we fix this? Um, and what we're talking about is best practices around user interface design to help them identify why the problem is happening and what to do next. Okay. So, but, so again, when you say best practices, well, uh, I use that word a lot too, but what does it actually mean in practice? Okay, um, let me think of an example, and maybe that'll, that'll make it more concrete. We just, uh, we're working on a research project this week that'll launch next week. Um, it's for a commercial banking site. Uh, this, commer this bank hired an agency to do a rebrand of their site. It's beautiful, but the challenge is that um, they are pretty sure people won't know where to go. 
Um, and so they hired <laughs> us to come in and tell them why that's the case, which it is true. Uh, and we have a round of research next week to validate that. But it's because their navigation is hidden. It's in um, an area that you wouldn't expect it to be. And when you click on it, the navigation items within it don't make sense. Um, so that's just a quick example of something that we did, you know, in a half hour. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's funny because yeah, we we had a client come to us and they had a des- a web design firm redesign their website and they have this really cool animated things floating around kind of interface, <laughs> nothing like a traditional website, and of course. Nobody has a clue about how it works, so their sales leads are off forty percent. Go figure. Uh, uh, what, what, what's, what's your take on the difference between somebody designing for conversion and usability versus a traditional web design or interactive agency? Uh, you know, I think they're all they're merging. They're coming together because um, I, I think everyone has now, at least the ones in New York, the, the clients that we're working with, have understood that if you design something and it's impossible for users to be able to do it, even the ones that are most motivated, they can't, and so they won't. Uh, so usability, I feel like, is is becoming a bit more mainstream. This concept of user experience, kind of designing to engage people to get them to want to click. I think is a bit more complex. It's a bit harder, and you know, some clients uh, understand and want to put their money behind that, and others feel like let's just put it out there, see what happens, and if we if we're good enough, it's okay. Yeah, but how do you um, kind of argue with the or address the needs of the creative director from an interactive agency when they say, well, that's off brand, or you know, yeah. uh, that's aesthetically unappealing to me. You know, how do you get around when, when clients come to you or, or you know, agencies they work with, those kinds of things? You know, I, I probably have a different perspective than everyone else. I love creative directors. I think, you know, they're, mainly because they're creative uh, and they push the envelope and they hate um, what I'll call best practices because they've already been done. So I support the creative director, but I try to, as best as I can, um, to complement their desire to come up with something different, something innovative with this need of the user uh, being able to do and being able to want to do what they came to the site um, to transact, uh, to convert. Yeah, so there's this um, you know, kind of old uh, story about the you know, difference between management and leadership. You know, management is kind of uh, the guy with the machete in the forest cutting his path through the jungle and then the, the leader is the one that climbs up the tallest palm tree and says, hey, we're in the wrong jungle. Uh, <laughs> so so uh, how do you know whether you need leadership or management on your website design? That's a great question. Um, I, I, I can't imagine you can do it without, you can't do it without both, right? So you need someone looking at the site and saying, this is the structure, this is what I need it to do and they're more tactical. You do need another that is looking future futuristically and saying, is this even going to be a website in two years or should we start focusing on the iPad app and, and put our money there? I think we need both. Okay, well, well that's fair enough. So it's, I think that I think probably the tactical stuff is the domain of, of landing page and website testing, and uh, that, but that's innovating within your current framework and, and trying to make uh, some kinds of improvements. And then the strategic stuff is, yeah, are, are you in the right line of business and are, do you have the right web-facing approach to people at all, right? Exactly. Do you have the right users? Are you, you know, do you understand that uh, there, are, um, there are different competitors that are in the marketplace today? For example, we were working on a, um, basically a way for uh, people to do background searches. So if you work at a bank and you need to do a background search for a customer that's applying, um, this is the application that you'll use. And when we did the round of user research, we found 
uh, that the people, um, the backend folks, they actually use Google and Facebook and LinkedIn more than they even use this application. And I think that was really enlightening for this organization, which has the leading um, software for background checks to, to understand that they're not holding a candle to some of these other um, techniques. And you know, that kind of stuff, I think, is really fun and more strategic. It's more climbing up that tree saying, you guys need to jump on a different bandwagon. Okay, so the, if your own staff don't eat the dog food, as yes. it were, yeah, that, that's a problem if you're selling background <laughs> checks. Okay, uh, well, so the, the, this, the techniques you use to gather this information before we go into our breaks, I just want to talk about that. So when you interview people, what's the format of your interviews? How do you, you know, kind of find out the needs of the users or, or, the, or the clients? So uh, I know a lot of people don't have the, the usable background, as you mentioned. So um, starting at a basic level, we talk to people, and we talk to them in the most natural environment that we possibly can, given the time and the budget. So um, if we can be in their homes or at their workplaces, that's our preferred way of doing it. If we can't, the next is uh, an online diary where we're interacting with them on a day-to-day basis over a couple of weeks. And then the next is doing it in a lab, like a focus group facility. But regardless of, of the technique, we want to act, interact um, with, the, with the users, with the consumers, both to talk to them and also to observe them. Okay, terrific. Well, we're going to take a short break here, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes after a word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. 
And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, I'm continuing my conversation with Mona Patel, the CEO and founder of Motivate Design. Now, now Mona, uh, when you, you mentioned focus groups, uh, they're one of my least favorite things because yeah. I've, I've found that uh, usually strong personalities, like my own, for example, will come, <laughs> come to dominate one of those. Is that something that you found as well? What are the flaws yeah. of that? No, absolutely. And, and I would say we use focus groups, but only uh, more on the market research, marketing research side or the brand research side, not so much on user experience. But we have done uh, mini groups quite a bit. So groups of three or four, uh, you have more time per person, but you still get that group dynamic that is interesting in certain, for certain object, objectives. And, and do you try to use the product or service yourself as well firsthand, or have you used any remote user testing, like usertesting.com? I love usertesting.com, user Zoom, Open Hallway. I think those are fantastic, and I also love their price points because it makes uh, usability and user experience research affordable for the startups that really want it. Now, Steve Krug has keynoted our conversion conference a couple of times, and he and I agree on on one thing and want to get your perspective. He basically says you don't need your exact end customer segmented down to the perfect thing you know it's someone that really represents your persona that you've come up with you just need anybody because anybody is better than you because you're too close to it i disagree for one reason um i think at this point we have the ear of management so in a in a research study i just did this week the president of a very big bank was in the back room watching this research and i think in order for that president to hear and internalize the findings that we're going to present, it has to be the target audience. Uh, so there's no way for them to shoot holes in, well, you didn't talk to the right person. So it's a political reason why I say I disagree, not an actual uh, methodology reason. Okay, so that's how you get paid and how you validate and get them to believe your results. But as a practical matter, I'm still going to kind of come back yeah. at you. Is it, is it, you know, unless you have some specialized knowledge of, I don't know, uh, solar installation ordering systems, yep. uh, you know, do you really, I mean, can't just pretty much anybody off the street do you just, just fine? Uh, for usability, yes, yeah. because it's about can do. If for user experience, no, because it's about, um, it's about tapping into that internal motivation that only that persona has. So, for example, um, did some work with a baby site, and if you're not a pregnant woman who is really excited and um, and anxious about having a baby and wondering what am I going to bring this baby home in from the hospital, you can't get that mindset. You can't design an experience around that mindset. Okay, okay so fair enough. So if you have to kind of say what class of problems are you trying to solve? Is it, is it just the basics or the mechanics of getting through a particular task or is it, like you say, something that goes more to your intrinsic motivations or your state of mind or state of being? And I think conversion is about motivation, right? Because it's about, do I make the decision to click or not? And whenever we're, decide- we're understanding decision-making, we should get the, the right brain to study. And that brain is in that persona. Okay, well, well let's, let's switch gears and tell me what you mean by personas, because it seems like everyone's got a different definition. I know, I know it's true. And I think mine changes per week as well. Um, and they can be detailed and it can be uh, really high level. I guess what I'm saying is the target audience. In, in that case, I'm talking about the target audience. Okay, target segments. Yes. Okay, so user roles or classes of people. Yes, exactly. Okay, 
All right, because again, there's a, there's a lot of uh, fear, doubt, and uncertainty. You know the, the. No, and I and I think we do that to ourselves, right, Tim? Not to go off tangent, but we have all these acronyms around personas and around UX versus UI versus IA. Um, and I would no, sorry, let me let me declutter that alphabet soup. UX is user experience, UI is user interface, and IA is information architecture. Yeah. And okay. even that, and even if you are one, you may not be able to define what you do. Um, and so I think we're doing, doing that to ourselves. Uh, well, great. Uh, so let's um, talk a little bit more about uh, you know again the the role of uh, walking in the visitor's shoes. How do you um, try to understand their motivation, which is very different than their ability to actually you know complete a task on your website or fill out your form or register or whatever you want them to do? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I can't say we have a, um, a strong answer yet because it, we're still figuring this out. So our methodology right now is observation, then interview, and then a follow-up interview. Um, and the reason why we're doing that is we're giving them a little bit of time to think um, and come back and retrospectively give us their analysis of why they did what they did. I hesitate because I don't know how accurate that really is. But, you know, not having any other tool yet, that's what we've been doing from a qualitative perspective. Have you applied any kind of frameworks around persuasion and motivation? I'm sure you're familiar with Dr. Cialdini's work, for example. Yes. yes. Um, so do you look for those kind of universal things that move people to act? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, when we come back in a report, that's basically what we're talking about. It's the themes that we saw. Uh, on what triggers and what what we saw and what barriers we saw. Okay, you used the word trigger, which is um, very popular with uh, my friend B.J. Fogg, who's also keynoted at the Conversion Conference. He's done a lot of research about specifically how to just get people to do a certain behavior. And he has a very specific classification for them as a first-time behavior, you've never done it before, a continuing behavior that you want to amplify or continuing behavior you want to stop, like smoking or something like that, and, and how to specifically catalyze these. So uh, are you familiar with, you know, do you design specific triggers for specific situations? I would say on the, on the research side, yes. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you brought that up because I don't know why I've never made that connection. Um, yes, we, we have. Um, but again, we're doing it more on the research side to say this is what we saw. So for the first-time visitor, these are the things that will get that visitor to want to take the next step. For a repeat visitor or for a visitor that's in the middle of a process, this is what that they need to see. So we are categorizing our findings according to his models. Um, but in terms of the design... I think we're thinking more holistically and not using those models as much as maybe we should. Yeah, so I found his framework very helpful. In fact, he was handing out handy-dandy little pocket cards, little cheat sheets yeah. of uh, you know, the kind of behavior, uh, whether it's time-limited, whether it's ongoing, and uh, whether it's new or, again, a familiar behavior, and then the appropriate kinds of triggers for each situation. Yeah, I've met BJ a couple times. Um, I think he's brilliant, and so... His frameworks, I can, I can imagine, can only help me and everyone else. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with it, with BJ's work, you could go to, I believe it's behaviormodel.org and uh, read up on it a little bit. Okay, so now, so you've come back to the report with a report, and you've said, <laughs> okay, uh, people don't know how to understand your system, or you're completely dismotivating them. Uh, so the the kind of recommendations that you make, you mentioned that you. 
uh, do them in the form of, of wireframes and even visual mockups. Can you talk about kind of the level of detail and what you're focusing on when you actually try to fix the problem? Yes, absolutely. Um, it's not where every single button goes. It's much more. Um, these are the kinds of features and functions presented in this order that will uh, be compelling and engaging. So it's, for example, for a wireframe of that um, of that background check site, it's the home page. It's the page where you would see the results of the background check, and it's the page that shows those results presented better than Google ever could. Okay, uh, so it's really high-level page flow and a discussion of what needs to be on each page, but it's not the execution of that. It's the wireframes for each page, but it's not it's not production level, no. But even, even wireframes, I found that uh, when we do wireframes, when we're doing kind of a best practices redesign of a website for conversion, we call that a, a, a jump start, a strategic jump start. We have really, really detailed wireframes that are you know, pretty spatially exact and all the functionality on the page is there. Um, and, and yet other companies I've seen when they do wireframes, they're basically talking about back of the napkin stuff. And I've actually had a visual designer say to me that they consider wireframes a, quote, uh, point of departure for the visual design. <laughs> Basically, they can do anything with it. Um, where, where are you on that spectrum? I'm actually closer to, to how you approach it, I think. I'm pretty exact because, you know, I like crisp deliverables. I like to stand up in front of a research finding and show, uh, show a design that puts the findings, it makes the findings come to life. Um, and I think that when you have exact uh, features and functions, you're not using Greek or Latin text, you're using uh, actual words that users will see, that is a more crisp deliverable, um, and it presents your thoughts, and it shows that you've thought through what this could actually look like and how it could actually work. So I, I think I err more inside of you. In terms of visual design versus wireframes and, and a launching app point, uh, there have been many cases where I've actually used the visual designer to come up with the wireframes. Um, I don't, uh, and this is, that's backwards, right? But I, I like again, that creative aspect. And sometimes the visual designers can think of a different way to lay out and present the content when not given the constraints of three panels or, you know, two, um, two columns, things like that. Okay. But, uh, so, you know, that, that's at the ideation stage when you're figuring out what should be on the wireframe. Um, is that, so you basically have a single person try to develop the wireframes? We have three IAs, so it, it depends on the project. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's three. I don't think I've ever used more than three, though. Yeah, that, that's interesting because our approach is very different. We try to, uh, when we come up with wireframes, we talk about the things that, that we learned during the diagnostic part of the project, but then we have this kind of um, ideation phase where people can throw, pardon me, random crap against the wall and see what sticks. So we don't want to. Uh, kind of get too structured too early, and we want a lot of heterogeneity in our in our thinking early on. And then somebody still has to rein that in and take ownership and make it into a unified wireframe. But we definitely have at least a half a dozen people involved early on. What do you th- What do you think of that? Does it just kind of contrast to what you're doing? I, I mean, I like it. I think it's uh, it's a different approach, and I don't know if I've had um, kind of the business. Uh, problem that would have warranted that approach, but I really like it. Um, for us, it's, we're fast, you know, we got to move fast. And so we do have the ideation phase, but it's owned by, unfortunately, maybe it's owned by, um, the people on the project. And I, and I think I like it for the reason that there's, there's a good amount of immersion that happens before we, um, even start the, the design phase. Uh, a lot of our projects are not 
things that we use. You know, they're trading applications or they're uh, commercial bank applications, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and so there's a bit of knowledge that we need to know about what this persona is. So I used it again. The people who use the application, <laughs> what they uh, what they do, what they know, what what's going to drive them. And so that person becomes a subject matter expert. Maybe it's it's funneling their view, though. It's a good point that you're that you're bringing up. But for us so far, it's allowed us to have deeper level wireframes done faster with our approach. Okay, fair enough. Well, we're going to take another break. And uh, after we come back, I want to know about the other side of Mona. I understand you're a certified yoga instructor and you've been known to do a, you actually competed in classical Indian dance. So we'll hear about that after the break. Uh, we'll be back in two minutes with, after a word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. Let's go inside the WebmasterRadio.fm production studio, where the production team is stitching up podcasts to load up into the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Rock on, Laurie, and rock the world with LinkedIn. Welcome to Domain Masters, a show where you learn to be the master of your domain. Yeah, I want to welcome you to this edition of the SEO Rockstars. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly, and you're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report. And welcome to CEO Coach. Listen to all of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm podcasts without downloading. Only on the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Just click on the Stitcher banner on our website. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its your virtual webmaster frat house. Webmasterradio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization, only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, landing page optimization. And Mona, before we, we went to break, I... Uh, I, I mentioned that uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're blushing, you're kvetching. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tell me about this uh, competitive classical dance. I've tried to compete in salsa dancing in the past. I did it pretty well, <laughs> but I found that it completely killed my enjoyment of dancing because I was trying to dance for myself, but I had to think about what those stupid judges were looking at and how flashy my stuff was. No, I have to say I love to compete and I love to win. So I think that's where that came from. <laughs> so that actually motivates you more than the actual enjoyment of the dance. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I, 
I know there are a lot of very different regional Indian dance styles. There's the kind with the little shaker armbands and uh, ankle bands. Is that the kind you did? or I did that. Yeah, absolutely. And then I also did a folk dance, which um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's the one with two sticks that you have in your hand and you're hitting against partners. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> sometimes you miss accidentally, quote unquote. But uh, yeah, so that, that's the one that I competed in. And then I did the Bharatanatyam, which is a more classical dance, uh, which you don't compete in. That's just more uh, an art form um, when, I was, uh, when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, because you're so old and ancient now. I have another birthday rolling around. I'm going to be 47 next month. So tell me your troubles. Um, yeah, well... Yeah, I'm not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> that bad. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. I'm remarkably well-preserved for a fossil. Anyway, uh, back to what we were talking about. So it, it, it's in terms of um, – well, let, let's talk about the visual design again and translating the business needs into this final step of the visual design. Um, I, I found that that's, pardon me, where all the pissing matches start. It's like, yeah. well, I don't like the purple button. Well, I want the polka dot one instead. Um, you know, and, and a lot of that is coming from the most knowledgeable user experience designers on the planet. The, <laughs> that, that is the boss, the hippo, as my friend Avinash calls them, highest paid person's opinion. What do you do when the hippo in the room wants things a certain way and you know it's bad? I know. I mean, I tell them it's bad. I, and like I said, I, I'm pretty direct. Um, uh, I told you earlier. So, but my rule, and this came from Eric Schaefer, who is the CEO of HFI, I adore, and um, he taught me this. Tell them three times and then that's enough. So I, I do that and I follow that still. Uh, you know, I, I voice for three different reasons. I try to do it rationally, emotionally, and then directly. And if that doesn't work, then the hippo wins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get sat on. <laughs> you get crushed by the info. It yeah, it doesn't happen that often. It has happened, but it doesn't happen that often. Um, and unfor- you know, it's funny, Tim. The the way I lost. Uh, there was one time I still remember. It's because the CEO's daughter didn't like orange, and I remember just thinking, I don't even know what to <laughs> well, say. Well, that's the best <laughs> reason in the world. <laughs> I don't know what to say. But um, yeah, I have been sat on, and and that's always sad, and it's frustrating, and you have your little martini when you go home. Um, but for the most part, some combination of rational and emotional and, uh, and hopefully establishing, establishing your expertise and saying this is why I, I really am urging you not to do that uh, does work. Okay, so it's, it's really a matter of uh, credibility. You hired me to do this, let me do my job kind of thing, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay, well, you know, because we, we do get that, those, those hippo opinions, and it's amazing for running a company, they sure have all this free time to have studied color theory and uh, the details of user interfaces. It's just incredible to me sometimes. <laughs> uh, if you're a hippo listening, just stop. Yes, Keep please yourself stop. out of the process. Uh, we're going we're gonna to make more money for you if you leave us alone. <laughs> Uh, so if somebody wants to reach out to you or your company, uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Um, they can email me, Mona at MotivateDesign.com. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, or um, they can call me as well. My number's on the site. Fantastic. And are you going to be speaking at any upcoming uh, events or conferences? I'm not sure. Uh, I usually take it a, a bit by ear. Um, I am teaching at a couple internal um, com- uh, workshops for the basically most of the summer. So definitely not over the summer, but in the fall, if I if I am, I'll definitely let you know. All right, well, fantastic, and uh, you can always um, stop by one of our conversion conference events. The next one is coming up quickly here. Conversion Conference Chicago, our first Midwest show, is on the twenty fifth and twenty sixth of June, and if you 
are a webmasterradio.fm loyal listener. Use promo code WMFM for $100 off. It's not too late. Get your boss to send you to the conference. Uh, thanks again, Mona. It was a pleasure talking to you, and we'll see you on the flip side. Mm-hmm.